0: Well, as we mentioned just before the break, BC's minimum wage is set to increase. It is going to be going up on June 1st. Our government has promised to link future minimum wage increases to inflation. So wages keep pace in a predictable way for workers and businesses. We did so in 2022 when we increased the minimum wage by 2.8% which was the increase in the cost of living in B.C. in 2021. Today, I'm announcing that effective June 1st, the general minimum wage will increase by $1.10 an hour to $16.75 an hour. That was Minister Harry Baines making that announcement earlier today. Well, joining us now to talk more about this is Ian Tostenson, President and CEO of the BC Restaurant and Food Association. Ian, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me on, Jill. Nice to talk to you.
0: You uh, as well. It's been a while. Uh, what are your I thoughts? Know. What kind of an impact is this going to have on the restaurant and food industry? Well, you know,
1: I, I mean, the minister is right. I mean, we've got to make sure we take care of people you know, at the lowest, the highest. Um, But this is to illustrate the point here. If you had a million dollar restaurant, which would be a small restaurant, small small, mom-and-pop restaurant, and typically your labor cost is 30% of that million dollars. So your your labor cost should be around $300,000. And um, so if you increase that by, you know, close to 7%, you're adding $21,000 to the cost of that business. And the question then becomes for the business owner, how do they deal with that? You know, how do you keep putting your prices up? Um, do you decrease your costs? And and that's the dilemma that everybody's going to find themselves in. We suggested to uh, Minister Baines uh, to go 3%, particularly with the effect uh, in our sector, which um, I mean, a lot of people, the people that make actually minimum wage in our sector are, are typically the servers, um, but the servers also get compensated through tips, and you know servers can do very well through the tip the the whole tip mechanism but uh nevertheless, when we spoke to him this morning he they, they felt really strong with the six point nine so we're gonna have to find a way i mean we're in a labor shortage uh we need workers and um but it, it it's a it's a big hit i mean it's i haven't heard anybody go, oh we can deal with that everybody's gonna to go oh oh um, so you're gonna know, probably see a combination of rise some some price um, some price increases. We did ask the government if they could um, hold off for six months to give us time to adjust their menus and stuff, but they didn't want to do that. And um, and then you look at a whole bunch of efficiencies. Like do you do you see open as many hours as you are? Do you simplify your menu? Do you use technology? You know we talked about robot robots in the, in the past. You know, some some uh, you know, sushi restaurants are using technology or order kiosks. So that's just a typical result of business trying to deal with that. They want to uh, keep their businesses open and make a you know a small profit as they do in restaurants because they want to keep hiring people because people are a greatest asset. But this this is going to put a lot of cost pressure on us for sure.
0: Uh, you mentioned uh, technology as one of the the questions there, or if that's going to see a, a change. Do you think that that we'll see a bit uh, of, of a shift as well and that there will always be restaurants where people go for the experience and it is the experience of whether it's fine dining or, or the service and that's part of why you go there. But then there are also places where, sure, you could have someone bring you your food or like you said, you could have a robot bring your food or you could order it and do more of kind of the London pub style where you order at the counter and it's brought to you. Do you think we're going to see more of a shift like that, especially for places where it's not really the experience that you're going for?
1: Absolutely. And you're right. There's a differentiation between that experience where you sit down and be served and and you tip and you feel great and you don't really care too much about the price versus uh, the quick and fast, you know, quick service restaurant environment where it's really about how quick you can order, how quick you can get your food, and um, and I actually went to a restaurant that had a robot and it was quite novel, but it was it. But it was it was a sushi restaurant uh, that was kind of a quick service type sushi restaurant. It was kind of fun. I didn't really need to see a server or we didn't see a server. So you're you're going to see a lot of different mixes coming up in the in the for sure in, in the industry to deal with this.
0: Uh, we've, have we shifted away as well? Because when you mentioned tips, and certainly there are some places where anyone that's, if you've worked in the service industry, you know that t- tips are huge in some places. Yeah. And there's kind of a scale on, on on where tipping kind of plays a role. Uh, d- are, have we shifted away, though, that the minimum wage is no longer tied to if you're, say, a liquor primary license yeah. or you're working in an establishment like that?
1: Yeah, it used to be. That there was a wage differential between liquor servers and regular servers, and in fact uh, liquor servers is a kind of interesting history. Liquor servers uh, would make less because they make way more in tips. i mean we, we did a survey in Victoria and uh, about a month ago, and we're seeing you know in a busy restaurant, a server easily making eighty five or ninety thousand dollars a year uh, as a server, so anybody who wants to get into the service business we're hiring but um what the government saw and it was that that a lot of the and there's some stats out that came out today a lot of the minimum wage earners happen to be women in the service industry and it was sort of like why are we doing this why are we paying a different wage uh, primarily to a majority of women that are servers even though they get wages and so they changed that and i think that was that was that was good i mean i think it was a little bit sort of skewed the wrong way so um they're not interested. There used to be years ago. I, I think there's some merit to this, especially when the minimum wage gets higher. Is how do you deal with youth workers that are inexperienced? Should you really be hiring at $16.75 an hour, or should you? And there was a training wage for that, but it got kind of abuse. But. Um, you know, you sort of say, look, like, you know, going to pay you $15 an hour for three months as you go through training and become more productive, but that got thrown out too. So it is across the board fair for all. The the danger is, uh, Jill, is that if you you have wage inflation, this is the, our argument with the minister, is that it's fine to take care of the minimum wage at the at the bottom of the scale. But everybody else will want that same 6.9%. So if you're making $19, you're going to expect to sort of keep your distance from the person, the wage bracket below you. So you get this general wage inflation. And that's why typically um, it's not just, you know, the government saying, you know, we're going to increase the wages for minimum, minimum wage for those workers. It kind of goes right across the board because... Otherwise, you're going to get the minimum wage people making almost as much as your as your workers. So there's a whole bunch of disparities that occur unless you make those adjustments.
0: Right, because somebody who's making around that now, or even if they're making slightly more, then you're you're basically saying that you're going to be making minimum wage. And like you said, you don't want to be making, it's almost like taking a bit of a demotion.
1: Yeah, it is for sure. You know, you work hard all of a sudden, you know, the newbie, Jill, comes on, and she's making as much as you are, and you're going to hang in a second. It should be a little bit of a differential and more experience. So, yeah, so that's why the, the effect is just not taking care of the bottom end. It, it flows through to the right, right through to the whole, in general, right through the whole wages in, the, in that business.
0: Uh, And you mentioned, too, food prices. And I think anybody who's been going to restaurants has probably noticed that things, like everything else out there, is more expensive. Um, I I, know people get it, that that's where restaurant owners are going to have to look. But there's got to be a tipping point or a a spot where you just can't keep putting the prices up because people aren't going to keep paying that.
1: No. And, you know, fortunate for us, is there's still this pent-up demand uh, for, you know, we still haven't been, we haven't sort of satisfied ourselves from all the times that we couldn't go out during the pandemic. People still want to go out and they're still experiencing it. There's new things happening and concerts and stuff, so it's a lot of activity. But we are seeing that people are looking at their average. So we always measure things by our average check. And so, you know, the average check is what, what, on average, what does a person spend in this establishment? You'll see people now starting to, they'll go out, but they might have, they might share a plate. They might have more appetizers. They might be more inclined to go to um, uh, happy hours to take advantage of those economics. So there's all sorts of ways that the consumer is going to find to use this. We can't just keep increasing our prices. That's just that's just dangerous. There is a restaurant in Victoria recently that published a, here's my cost of a burger and I make $21. I think they were making something like 30 or 40 cents. Like there was no money in it for them and they had to keep because, you know, the food inflation and all the rest of the input costs have been going on. So now I'm not trying to claim oh poor us and it's a hardship, but it, it is a tough life for a restaurant person to try to, to try to balance all these things because ultimately we want to create that experience for when you come into our restaurants, we want you to feel great comfortable like our food you know not too much sticker shock understanding that you know we're trying to be reasonable in our pricing but this you know this inflation the last couple of years has has sort of changed that a little bit and hopefully it's coming down we did say the minister inflation is not 6.9 in bc it's a little bit higher here than the rest of canada that's why we sort of felt you know three three and a half percent would be a little bit easier for us but um, in ontario Um, they did over 6%, but they, and I think this is smart, they give industry notice of six months to prepare to make those changes. But the the minister didn't want to do that here. So we'll just keep plugging away here, Jill.
0: All right. Well, we'll leave it there. But Ian, thanks so much for joining us today to talk more about this. And we'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, you too, Jill. Take care.